welcome to Define the Relationship podcast, a podcast where we explore the relationship we have with the Bible and ourselves. I'm one of your hosts, Darlene Enstick. And I'm the other host, Ted Enstick. And as you can tell from our names, we belong together. I just defined the relationship. Welcome, everybody, back to the Define the Relationship podcast. Again, we are going to do something a little bit different this week as we want to continue the conversation around the Seeds Church Next 20 process. And more specifically, we want to engage some of the questions that came up during our virtual congregational meeting this past weekend. So um, this conversation may not be as engaging or as understandable if you have not been a part of some of the other process. So um, just so you know, there's some opportunity to catch up. First of all, episode 28 of our podcast, we had a bit of a background conversation about the Next 20 process. And if you go to the Seeds Church website, seedschurch.ca, there are links related to the meeting, and there is a document that was prepared and presented on the community exchange model. And um, also, there was a recording of the actual virtual meeting, which happened on Sunday, that's available. There'll be links um, provided on this podcast. So that's just to get us all on board and be on the same page. So what we want to do today is we've... uh, Darlene and Cal is joining us again. Cal's now a regular part of this podcast after this is going to be the second time he's been with us. There's a number of questions that came up, and I think what we're going to do is we're just going to identify an area of questions, and um, we're just going to repeat the questions, and then we're just going to um, share what we know uh, in response to those questions, and we'll all chime in and uh, and add to the conversation. So... Do you want to start with the first question area, Darlene? And then uh, we'll let Cal have the first crack at it. Sure. Um, so I want to just thank you again for asking really good questions on Sunday. Um, we took the, I think, nine or ten questions and grouped them. Um, so... We're going to talk a little bit about space, about programs, about faith, and about our next steps. So again, none of this will make sense if you haven't listened to the other stuff. So just catch up with the other stuff first. Um, So some of the questions that were asked around space was, um, as we shared the proposal, I think some of you were wondering... Um, can you, can you actually put that other document back up? Certainly can. You were wondering, um, you know, whether this group had thought about renovations, whether we had thought about how seeds would fit into the space if the exchange was used and, um, whether there's a barrier in terms of, um, how closely associated the exchanges with the church. And um, so those were some of the questions around that. So I'm going to let Cal talk a little bit about space. All right. I'll give it my best shot. Not outer space. 
actual space. So that includes renovations, about what that would do to um, um, seeds, church. Mm Sure. Well, I'll jump in, and then you guys can fill in the, the voids, the void. Um, I think if if we want to start to talk a bit about maybe the seeds community uh, as uh, how this might affect the seeds community, the seeds culture. I mean, it's a bit of a dance. If if in fact we end up using uh, the exchange, which I think is still a question mark, uh, which we'll get into, right? But. Uh, it's still a question mark, but if we do, the, the challenge, and I think the the there's a, there's a challenge and an opportunity. So we need to make sure that that the interests of the seeds congregation and community are looked after, that that they're looked after and protected. While at the same time, the vision that has come out of the same community for this this new Altona Community Exchange is fulfilled. So it's kind of, you know, two things happening at the same time. I mean, I think from a physical space standpoint, you know, we, we need to continue to view this as a multifunctional facility that could continue to host our congregation uh, in any capacity, whether it's Sunday mornings or, you know, midweek activities, but a space that's used for more than just Sunday mornings, <laughs> something that's, you know, that could be used by the community in a broader broader sense we 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 have there has been some conversations already with uh some folks from the seeds community about getting involved and helping in that process of of looking after the kind of the more maybe the financial or the uh some of the organizational structure that maybe might need to get looked at uh if if we want to both protect the congregation and yet also open up our space to uh, you know, to the community as a whole to be used, um, and I, I think it's a big question mark as to what you know what's going to end up happening with that space. Like right now, if we throw a net out there and we say, what would our kind of our, our vision be? Like I think of two organizations right now that we really hope we can partner with, and we don't know really to what extent we can. So we'd love to partner with the food bank. Um, we think that that's a really good fit for our overall vision of where this thing's going. But, you know, they may not share the same vision that we do. Uh, and, and it's been shared, right, it's been yeah. shared with them. And yeah. Yeah. so there's been conversations already, but... Yeah, yeah. So, so if they were to come on board and say, yeah, this is great, we'd love to work with you, well, then that has an impact on the renovations. The other maybe two other two organizations would be um, uh, regional connections uh, uh, and, and their desire for additional space for uh, and we, we often talk seems like it always gravitates towards kitchen renovations and towards food and food preparation and pop-up food markets and all things food related uh, but you know so far it's been very positive conversations but there's been nothing formalized there either so you know we'd have to ex- explore that further as well and then the uh, uh, community support team and and what they're looking at doing and what that might morph into and how that might move it, that seems like of all of the things we've talked about that seems like one of the best fits for you know what we're looking at and so what kind of space would they need and 
you know, office space, other space, those kinds of things. So it does depend a bit on on um, who it is that steps to the plate initially and that wants to partner with us. And, uh, there may be many organizations that want to partner with us but may not want to be located in, in this space, and there may be some that do want to be located there. So all of that would have an impact, and I think that would be uh, be stuff that we would find out as we move forward with some of these broader community conversations. And I, and I just want to clarify that when you're talking about us, about partnering with us, us in this case is this new organization that we're talking of planting. We're not talking about us at seeds. We're talking about us as a community initiative that, um, that would partner with already existing organizations. I just wanted to be clear about, about that piece. But I think it's, but I mean, just to add to that, and I think it kind of, um, connects to everything that Cal said is I think the, I mean, the, the philosophy around our facility as seeds church, we, we own that facility right now. And one of our, you know, one of our observations, and it's also not just an observation, but I think it's something that makes us a bit sad, is just how many hours in a week that that space is empty and not being used. And it's a really, really good space. And um, it's just, I think the main idea we have is that we have a resource there. Um, and it's kind of like, you know, owning a really nice lawnmower in the community. And, um, if we could be sharing that really nice lawnmower with four or five or six other households in our neighborhood, um, that would be much better use of that resource than, um, but I mean, we want to make sure that we have access to that lawnmower when we want to mow our lawn. And I think, um, the way we're approaching this is, you know, what's most important to Seeds Church about the facility is that we are able to have a good facility to be the church that we want to be. But we don't feel like we need to be kind of controlling that 24-7. We can share that resource with other people who might find, um, you know, they might find a good need for it too. So that's kind of the, um, that's yeah. the philosophy. And it's the, go ahead, Dar. Well, I was just going to say, I mean, it, and it so it kind of ties into that whole question about the location and is this location a barrier? Like, I mean, I think it's a really good question um, and all options should be explored. But the fact that we have a facility that we can make accessible to this organization at uh, a fairly, I'm presuming, you know, at a very accessible level financially and otherwise, right? Versus going out and buying a piece of property or renting a property, you know, now you're, there's a lot of additional costs that are going to be involved with something like that. So, I mean, I think that's part of that conversation. And then what are the barriers? Like if, if people feel that because it is currently housing a church, what do we need to do if, if, to remove those barriers? Maybe there are ways that it could be removed. And and maybe the word exchange, you know, shouldn't be part of it. I mean, so far, conversations we've had, uh, people have been pretty positive about the location, but who knows what will come out of future conversations. So let's talk a little bit about renovations. Um, that also 
kind of comes under some of the questions people had about the space. And I think we don't have, again, uh, like any concrete um, plans or decisions or, of course, because we haven't even decided <laughs> uh, or it hasn't become clear that this is the location. However, um, there are, there have been conversations about renovating the space that we have, adding to the space that we have, um, there's opportunities to expand and to rethink the actual space that we have. What do you guys, do you guys want to add anything about that? Yeah, I mean, I think that, I think the first thing I would say is renovations and space transformation has to come after vision and the function of what the building is going to do for the vision that you're trying to do. So I think we, for three or four years now, as a church, we've been saying like, yeah, you know, it'd be nice to give the exchange a facelift. You know, we need to do some things and wouldn't it be nice if we did this? And what about that? Like, you know, more windows or whatever. These are all great ideas, but we wouldn't want to think about what we're going to do to the space until we know what we're going to do in the space. And so... Um, like you mentioned, Cal, if if we were to be able to partner with a food bank, that would mean some significant space modifications to fulfill their needs because it's they would have very specific needs. Uh, if you think about maybe cold storage or um, space that can have storage that is safe and, and isn't accessible just to anybody. Um, so, so those are all remaining to be seen, but I think the idea is that we have... Now we, Seeds Church speaking, we have this blank canvas that of a facility that has a lot of potential to, to be changed and transformed to meet needs in our community and also at the same time meet the needs of Seeds as a church. So, um, like just for an example, like we've had so many connections with Winkler Central Station and, uh, and uh, their executive director, Bev Weeb, I think I have the right last name. And, um, you know, she came and toured the facility at the exchange. And, I mean, she was right away very impressed to say, like, oh, man, this is the kind of space that we we could use. You know, like, there's large spaces, there's small spaces for meetings. And uh, so it's a it's a good palette for, for some things to happen. And uh, But I think a lot of that stuff is really, we were just speculating about what it might look like. And uh, we wouldn't want to move on anything until we know what we're going to do there. Good. Okay. Um, let's move on to programs because, and all these things will kind of slowly start to overlap, I feel like. Um, but there were some questions around, um, around how... How would we sustain the cause? Somebody asked that question. How do we uh, maintain a sense of, um, you know, excitement about volunteers or staff? Or how 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 is this going to work? And how how is it sustained? Um, do you want to start us off again in that, Cal? <laughs> sure. Well, I think, you know, one of the first things that comes to mind, and this, this was something that, again, just, you know, building that relationship with Central Station and working with Beth, we, um, you know, their initial vision for their uh, 
system or their organization was to to not create new programs, but to help facilitate connections into existing programs. And uh, and through the years that they've been in existence, that has been kind of core to their success. But they have veered away from it to some degree and have gotten involved with creating some some new programs. And now in the recent past, as they did uh, their own community survey and kind of took a look at what they're good at and what they're not good at, they've decided to veer back again to say, no, we're not here to create new programs. We're here to help facilitate and to partner with. So if you think about that in, in our sense, in the, you know, not in the seed sense, but in the Altona Community Exchange sense, really the idea being, uh, for the most part, we want to draw in existing programs that already have a volunteer base, that already have people that are connected into these programs. And, uh, and then find synergies of working together. And, uh, and or uh, there may be people who do come up with new ideas and, and need some help getting them off the ground. Maybe there's, maybe there's a way to help with that process, to help in, the, in the, you know, the program creation process. But our job isn't necessarily to be uh, on the ground floor of creating a lot of that kind of stuff. Although there are probably a few key aspects that we would really like to get involved in, like community support teams and, and this whole idea of wrapping around people and helping to resource people and connect people, that would be an area, an example of where we would want to get people involved and get some volunteer base plugged into the situation. Yeah, I think that part is is really critical to, to this whole... Uh, presentation and this whole idea that we um, our our vision is to connect people to remove obstacles so when there's all these organizations that are doing amazing things um, we just want to create an opportunity for them to to be more connected and for the community therefore to become more connected with with one another Um, so it's not like, oh yeah, we want to start like a bunch of programs to help people connect. There are some amazing resources in our community and we just want to help bring them together. And that doesn't limit the opportunities for new initiatives to, to start, but, um, we're not primarily, uh, creating a vision for new programs, more like removing obstacles to those resources yeah and it might be good to just to say like well what are some of the obstacles that people experience in getting access to resources one of the big obstacles is where resources are located so um, for example if you need income assistance in our in our region right now there is no place in Altona where you can go meet a social worker and work at getting income assistance you need to go to Morton. So um, my understanding is that at Winkler Central Station, they have a social worker coming at least once a week so people can engage with somebody. So that would be one obstacle is having a central location for people to access stuff. Maybe they come to the food bank and they can access another resource at the same time. So that's a big obstacle. The other big obstacle, and I think this would be the, let's say the innovation of a community exchange is that there would be people there who understand the resources that are available in a very comprehensive way 
and that they'd be able to say, okay, it sounds like this is your need. Um, we can help you get connected to where that need can be resourced. Um, and um, I guess in a sense that would be the kind of volunteer or staff person that this new entity would need to develop and um, be able to sustain. I know that it's interesting that in the, in the central station um, history, which started about eight years ago, they began that work with just half a day a week having one person available to just help people who came through the doors like a drop-in, and they just figured it out. Um, in this idea that we're are bringing forward, I mean, we, we have an organization that's already eight years into it willing to help us figure out how to do this. And so in a sense, we're starting with a bit of a head start. There's a resource there that wasn't there eight years ago for them. And, yeah, and uh, maybe that's not a small point. Maybe we should kind of emphasize that yeah. Central Station has really offered to to mentor us in this process. Yeah. They've been amazing already, and they've um, kind of committed to continue to be, to be helpful to us in whatever way that we need. Does somebody want to say something about the market research question? We sort of lumped it in together with, with this area. Um, is there yeah. anything more to say? I mean, I think we, we're yeah. not sure if we touched on it or not. Central Station has done this a couple times where they've gone out to the community and they've done a, a fairly broad uh, uh, questionnaire or survey, whatever you want to call it, where they go to a combination of agencies that service the area as well as clientele that access these agencies and they find out what the needs are and what the holes are and where the gaps are and uh, so it's just an example again of uh, they've already done it they've given us a copy of their most recent survey that we can use and I think uh, as we move forward and we, we start talking about focus groups and getting more intentional with reaching out to other organizations I think that would be a, a good logical step would be to delve a little further into what the needs are in the community and uh, get some more more in-depth uh, feedback data. So somebody asked the question of how interested the larger community is or how many other churches have been um, included in this project. Do you want to say a bit more about like just the breadth of connection you've had with people, Cal? Sure. Now, when it comes to churches, um, you know, we, we have not formally gone to any church um, and said, here, are you interested in partnering? But we've had lots of conversations with people who attend local churches. <laughs> uh, and some of them are even, you know, chairpersons of their board or, you know, so it wasn't really a formal request on behalf of either Seeds or Altona Community Exchange, but there have been conversations already that have been there. And uh, I remember one conversation I had, now I've learned my lesson, this person will remain anonymous, but this uh, <laughs> one person I had said to me, he said, I really, uh, I really uh, uh, think this is great that you guys are having this kind of a conversation and that you're open to using your facility. He, in this case, it was a he, he said, I think in our congregation it would be difficult to, for people to open up our facility and make it accessible. But 
I think our com- our congregation would embrace what you guys are doing and would be probably more than willing to be get involved in some way, shape, or form or another. So, uh, I mean, but then there were conversations with lots of non-churched folks, and uh, but I mean, if you if you look at the the churches that were connected in these conversations, it would include the United Church, Altona Mennonite, uh, Birchteller Church. Um, uh, who else would there be? Uh, not, I'm not sure who all goes to what church. But again, not formally. You know, it's not like we formally presented something that they would take back to their board. Just more informal conversations. Yeah, yeah I think that w- I would add to it that um, part of our sense about how we would see an initiative like this forming is that we want to invite anybody who is interested in the formational kind of purpose. And so that is, you know, an organization that removes obstacles for people to connect to resources and to find community. So if people are committed to that purpose, then we would welcome their involvement in in becoming a part of it. And the other part of it is those things around like um, diverse leadership, inclusion, um, safe spaces, coaching. I mean, these things are the core values, I guess, that are sort of shaping what we're, what we're hoping will happen. And so we're not really kind of committed to, well, we want to get as many churches on board as possible. Like we're doing a church initiative. We're looking to get as many partners on board that believe in this vision and want to be a part of making it happen. So um, we expect that some churches and people from churches will be involved in that. But um, I think we've, we've clarified this. Like we're not seeing this as being a faith-based um, process, but a community-based process. And that could include all different types of people. So maybe this is a difficult thing to kind of wrap your head around because we're like faith leaders (laughs) talking about an initiative that came out of our faith community um, embodying um, things that are really important to us. How do you want to help kind of distinguish the line of like faith and non-faith and just say a little bit more about how that has become an important kind of process? Well, I mean, it's, it's a little bit of a tricky conversation because like from, from our perspective at Seeds Church and this Next 20 process, these ideas and things that have bubbled up and the motivation for doing it has bubbled up out of our faith expression. Like mm-hmm. it's... Um, and it's not, this, this isn't some kind of act. It's not accidental to our faith expression. Right. But at the same time, one of the obstacles to people accessing resources and finding community, um, I hate to say it, but, you know, faith communities have been a part of putting up obstacles to people. And so it feels like it's a bit of a... Um, it's a tension that we're finding ourselves in, and we want to we want to allow um, the faith that animates us to be expressed in 
moving forward on an initiative like this, but at the same time, we want to hold it very loosely and we don't want to, I think we've used the language in the meeting about, we don't want to colonize um, community resources and support. We want to actually do the opposite. We want to decolonize, you know, and, and so. And I, I, can I just emphasize again that some of that, Um, conviction has come out of the conversations that have taken place and uh, with a very diverse group of people. So uh, I know we had the question, not on Sunday morning, but by somebody else who said, like, are we like, are we apologizing for our faith or don't we need to stop apologizing for being Christian? And I, maybe the other, maybe Cal and Ted have a different perspective on this or, but one of my first responses to that is, um, that this isn't about an apology, although we need lots of apologies actually within the church. Um, but this is about an emerging vision of removing obstacles and, and uh, recognizing the diversity of a community means that you don't start something that that um, kind of ha- might have the hint of having a Christian agenda. If we want to remove obstacles for people to connect, then we don't do that with a sense of... Um, um, you know, the, the historical kind of reminders of assimilation and of assent to, to what the church is wanting to do. And so I, I I think that's fair. I think that we can do both. I think that we can be authentically who we are. Um, these values in fact, emerging so deeply from, for me, from a place of faith, um, and I can let go of any kind of faith agenda um, in order to 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 be a, a a truly inclusive space, so that my Muslim friends don't feel like, well, but are they really like trying to just make us Christian, or or our indigenous friends going, is this going to be another like? There's, I don't ever want to downplay the impact of inter you know generational trauma multi-generational trauma so i think that's just a sensitivity that's not a we're we're ashamed of who we are that's that's just uh sensitivity to the people around us so i don't know how you guys would answer that but that has been important for me Uh, I would say well said yeah I mean you know the people I've talked to have all been really gracious gracious people and uh, I think of you know a specific conversation with someone who shares a love for Jesus just like I do and yet said that if uh, she said if if you know if (laughs) that she would enter a church with fear and trepidation Uh, and so you know asking her advice she said yeah I think uh, making it removing that barrier for people 
uh, would be a very significant thing for her and her community. So, yeah, and I, yeah, I would also say, I agree with what you said, Darlene. I would also add to that that um, I think we want to engage in this this movement towards something that we think that would be really beneficial to our community and building our community. But we want to do it in a way that we can build trust with with partners who, you know, we, we, we may not have their trust just automatically. And so um, we're willing to move in ways that will continue to build trust. And um, we also don't want to see this as, well, we're just going to kind of soft sell the faith part, but, you know, it's, it's, it's sort of like our bait and switch. We're going to... You know, we're going to move in and then, uh, you know, then we're going to change the change the conversation. And that's really not what this is about. Um, I believe that if we are working for the for the well-being of our community. That is something that flows out of our faith and we don't need to do it in a certain way for that to be authentic to our faith. We can just do what is good for our community. And that's, uh, you know, to me, that's just not, there's no difference. Yeah, well said. And it's, it's physical, emotional, social, spiritual needs. It's, yeah. it's a holistic vision of, of connection. And, and hopefully that would reflect the community that we live in, which is, is already a diverse community. So... Let's um, be a part of planting something that allows that diversity to, to be, um, what's the word? To be accepted or no, it's not, that's not the word. Encouraged and flourished. Yeah. Flourished. Like it's probably not a word, but it is now. Well, no flourish, a flourishing community is like. We've talked about silos. The programs sometimes are silos, but also the diversity that exists in a community can be silos. Hmm. And they don't really know anything about the other. And can you imagine the beauty of um, of that connection becoming like, oh, we're a space where we can learn and and grow together. I love it. Yep. I love it. <laughs> so do we want to talk about the timeline, next steps, questions? Um, yeah. Maybe we don't have to spend too much time on that, and we can get on with this process. The next steps, yeah, I think I think there's two questions yeah. maybe that, that center that question. One is, like somebody asked, what's the timeline Um, but like we've, we've said often, even in this conversation that we don't know yet, you know, whether something is going to move in that direction. How do we get to that point? Like how, what are the next steps to getting to maybe build more of a consensus around, um, that this, that we should be a part of starting this and that where, where it should be located, I guess. And 
one of our next steps is yeah i mean the i mean the obvious next step there's is to to start to formally connect people that are interested partners organizations and start to to sketch this out and say okay what are we trying to do here exactly how do we see it happening um and figuring it out you know and um like we've mentioned this before about this has a lot of uh, kind of it's analogous to when seeds the church was started you know it was started with 13 people that started meeting on a regular base basis and saying okay what's this new church going to look like what's going to be the foundation what will it's what's the vision for this place and we just worked it out over months and at some point it was like time to launch it and it was launched so you know, is one of the questions for the seeds community, um, like, are we asking for feedback about like whether the community is willing to give their blessing to this venture potentially being housed at the exchange or just, are they willing to give, you know, I, I think the reason why location is so important in this is because that would affect us the most. Like if we say, well, we want to plant this new organization and it happens somewhere else, maybe we don't need like permission from the church. I'm just talking totally off the cuff right now. But like, is that one of the things, the next steps that we're asking? Like, are we asking the church like, are you guys behind this? And if it leads to it being in this location, like, would you be, would you be excited about that? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's a little tricky because we have this culture at seeds where we have never kind of done a formal sort of like, are we good with doing this? Like we bought the building that became the exchange without a formal vote at any point. We we did lots of consulting. Yeah. So, I mean, this is, and this is what we've been doing, and this is part of the process. So we want to keep consulting. And um, I, di- I mean, I didn't hear maybe any of you heard any sort of reticence about this direction from the meeting. Like I sensed that there was excitement. It was more. Most of the questions were, "Well, how's that going to look? And how would that happen? And you know, say more about this." And um, yeah. didn't. I mean, I think. Yeah, I mean, I, my two bits worth, I, I sensed that it was a really positive conversation on Sunday. Um, and I would think that at some point, like, the next steps would be to to have this focus group meeting and to draw in a bunch of people, uh, possibly, you know, people from within seats, but lots of people from without seats, <laughs> from without, outside of seats, uh, into the conversation and to you know start to get more serious about a plan um, but I would think it would also make sense to make sure that we keep our own congregation informed of what's going on and uh, as we're moving down the path just so that people are aware of what's happening and you know and and uh, still have an opportunity to ask questions and to you know yeah. be a part of that process moving yeah. forward yeah so in other words there's there's much more conversation that needs to happen and more consultation and i think our commitment is that we will continue to do this as we go like when there's more to 
Um, I mean, this is one of the, like, I don't know, we haven't talked about this specifically, but, but I have thought about like, you know, what does seeds bring to this conversation and this idea? And I mean, obviously we have a building that we own that we think is, it would be a good resource, but I think another thing that we bring to it is we bring a unique culture of organization of church. I mean, even just our ability for the three of us to be a part of these conversations over the last number of months with other people and working this out. I mean, it's, we're a high trust organization. Our community, um, you know, is so willing to engage new ideas and stuff like that. And, um, I think that's one of the things that we can bring to this conversation is that, you know, an organization that, um, you know, doesn't get bogged down in bureaucracy, but ask the question, how can we help people better than they're being helped right now? And how can we create community? And so um, I believe that we, we've we experienced a lot of trust and we've built a lot of trust as a congregation over the last 20, 21 years. And we want to continue to do that as we move forward in this. And the whole thing about this next 20 process is that, I mean, this is just one initiative that one could see happen in the next 20 years. And like, you know, there's going to be things that maybe are happening from within seeds that will also need energy and stuff like that. This is just kind of like the first, first big, um, big movement that we're working on. And, uh, so in other words, stay tuned. I'm realizing we kind of forgot one question, but maybe we can tackle that in the next Zoom. Um, Like somebody asked the question about how we'll stay committed to the cause. And there's some kind of question about like volunteer base, staff, that kind of thing. Um, And maybe we can just pick that up another time. But just to put one comment out about that that I think um, we haven't been envisioning a 100% volunteer based organization right you guys are all looking at me with deer in the headlights well yeah I mean (laughs) I mean I would just respond that I mean this is this is my bias that if if one has a strong vision, a strong mission, something that's worth doing, and people understand why it's worth doing, then people come around that. Like my sense from Winkler Central Station is they have a very engaged and a large volunteer base, and also they have a large funding base. Yeah. Um, I mean, anything that we've been involved in, be it with newcomers, build a village. Or, um, you know, money is always the least of the problems. There's always money. The biggest problem is getting people that are trained and engaged to do the work. And that's, that's, that's always a harder thing. Mm-hmm. But I think that, um, I mean, like I say, my bias is if something's worth doing, it's worth doing. And you try to figure out how to do it as you go. And, uh, you know, and yes, we would hope and envision that there would be paid staff at some point, that this organization would have a life that would be sustained by professional leadership. Cal, do you want to pipe in with your last two cents? Well, 
you can edit this out if, uh, if this doesn't pertain or if we don't want to go down this path. But one thing we did with Vision Team was we, we did a kind of a virtual walkthrough of what the facility could look like. And I don't know if that would be helpful for people or not to kind of envision what it looks like to walk into the Altona Community Exchange. Hmm. Like yeah. right now we would talk it through? Well, yeah, just to give people an idea of what it might look yeah, like. Yeah, do you have the way you wrote that out? I sort of have it in my brain, so we'll see okay. how it yeah. goes. Go but for it. If, if you vision standing outside of the current building and the facade has changed and you see a really large sign at the top of the building and it says the Altona Community Chain Exchange and then underneath it it says the Home of... And you have all these little, maybe it's banners or maybe it's placards or whatever it is, but you have all these organizations that are listed underneath there. This is the home of, of which Seeds is one of them. But uh, it could include Regional Connections. It could include Pembina Valley Pride. It could include a host of, a myriad of people. You walk through the doors and you turn to your right and, and here's a reception area and there's somebody there greeting you and saying, hey, welcome here. Uh, how can we help you? And uh, you look a little further in, straight ahead, and you see a, a really comfortable, welcoming coffee area where you've got chairs and uh, comfortable chairs and tables. And it's a nice gathering area where people can sit down and have a cup of coffee and can share, share a cup of coffee together, spend time together. You look to your right and you can see the food bank is active and things are going on. And off in the corner, you see somebody having a conversation with an intake worker from the food bank and they're not only helping that person uh, find out what they need nutritionally, but they're kind of entering into their lives and finding out what other resources they need to, uh, to help them take the next step towards a, a better and happier life. Uh, and you turn to your left and you see this large commercial kitchen and you see people busy at work. And on this particular morning, they might be making soup and maybe a sandwich for the people that are at the food bank so that they, when they get their, their nutritional requirements met, they actually get their nutritional requirements met. <laughs> and they go have some soup. But on a different evening, it might be uh, cooking classes or it might be a pop-up food market or it might be a myriad of other things. And then you, you keep walking through the coffee area, which could be used on food bank mornings, could be used on Sunday mornings, could be used for coffee houses in the evenings, could be used for a, a bunch of different reasons. You walk towards the back of the current gathering area and there's a, a, a folding wall that opens right up into the gathering space. And now the gathering, the, the worship space, we call the worship space, might be hosting uh, kids dance classes or there might be uh, a, a craft fair going on or there might be uh, some kind of a youth function or maybe ACAN is sponsoring something or who knows what's going on in there, multitude of things. But then you stop and you hear a racket going on, so you walk upstairs and you find out that there's now this big open area upstairs and there's an indoor play area for kids. And so uh, the Altona and Area Family Resource Center happens to have a program going on there that morning. And so you've got kids playing and you've got... Uh, Adults, maybe grandparents, are, are, are engaging with their kids and doing some programming together while parents get a well-deserved break and have a cup of coffee in a really comfy little cozy coffee area. You walk back downstairs and you, you walk outside and now uh, towards the north uh, east corner you see that what was a parking lot and what was a garden space now has become a community gathering space. Maybe there's a labyrinth, uh, a permanent labyrinth, or maybe there's a, 
a garden area or maybe there's picnic tables or maybe there's barbecues or something, but it's a green space in the center of town that people can access and make use of. Or maybe that space is across the road uh, by the where we park our vehicles now, uh, by the railway line there. Maybe there's a big green space that's been developed there. So just a hub of energy and a hub of activity and a hub of... Uh, just a multitude of, that's just scratching the surface of what might all go on in a place like this. Love it. You can I, edit that out. No, <laughs> we, I don't think we need to. That's, that's just like a walk along. And I felt like I was walking along with you and it's not about, well, are we going to do that exact thing? It's just about imagining, imagining the encounters and the, possibilities so thanks cal okay i think uh, that wraps up the all these questions are great questions and it's it's nice to have the freedom to just talk and share and not be under the constraint of time and um, hopefully this will feed and seed further conversation as we go forward so if you have things that you want to add you want to pop an email to Info at Seeds Church with question, more questions or comments, or if you just want to, you know, drop us a line, we can continue to engage this. Thanks for your time and all the energy you've put into it. And thank you, Cal, for all the work you're doing on this and for being a part of this conversation. And thank you, Dar. See you next time. Yeah, take care.